Welcome to Dicey Stories, where we tell stories shaped by dice. You're listening to our tabletop role-playing game, Actual Play Podcast, episode 170. Today's episode begins a new arc in our series, Echoes of Invasion. Set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game, 30-some years after the Eastern Invasion mainline campaign. It is played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system, with occasional references to the Mythic Game Master emulator's event meaning tables for inspiration. This is Torni. Trick and Hepa participate in the various competitions at the Full Bloom Festival in South Tower. Activities include all the standard tournament fare, archery contests, duels, jousts, and meeting your mother. This arc contains spoilers for the Battle for Westenoth campaign Eastern Invasion, as well as references to Liberty. Stick around after the episode for some GM notes if you're interested. For the story up to this point, visit our website, DiceyStories.com, where you can listen to previous episodes or read the serialized write-ups of our adventures. Now let's get rolling. We've got a story to tell. I had one question before we properly get started. What was Trick's half of the money from the house special entertainment package? In the morning, you come downstairs, you have your breakfast of random slab of bread and perhaps non-alcoholic beverage. Which means lightly alcoholic. Alaric passes you a pouch of 15 coins. Okay then. He says he uh, you know, didn't uh, realize that you were a showman, but if you would like to continue this arrangement, he's not sure how crowded things are going to be in the evenings. Like, a lot of people do stay out late at the fair, but some people like to get away. Okay, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. You know, we'll see see where I end up tonight. See how busy it is here. You know, if you find someone else to play who's playing tonight, you know, that's not totally cool. I understand. And then you head out across town. As you move through the streets, there starts to be more and more noise of people, more and more people in the streets, and slowly everything is kind of being funneled in a particular direction. Mate doesn't stick on your shoulder or anything. Like, you guys exit and Mate flies up. Who takes all your ribbon? How much ribbon exactly have you attached to this bird's leg? I gave him like one length of ribbon. So, a few inches. Yeah. So, you think this magpie is a safe place to spend the night? Or the magpie didn't kill you overnight. It didn't kill me. I, like, I'll check myself over without having new bites, I mean, scratches. You tell us. Did the magpie kill us? <laughs> Are we actually dead? Well, we'll find out as the adventure proceeds. <laughs> so Mate is flying above and around town, and occasionally you can hear the yodeling. Eventually, you are funneled with bunches of other people onto the fairgrounds itself. It's a large open expanse. There's various bleacher type scaffoldy things set up along the sides. There's marked off like a, a center stretch of the parade grounds that uh, nobody is allowed to go onto. There are city guards similar to the ones that you met at the gate with their little spears and little helmets, making sure people don't go onto the field there. As you are getting into this area, you hear a trumpeting and a thundering of hooves. I bet we hear that trumpeting every night for the next week from a certain bird. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, it'd be great. That's how I can introduce you. <laughs> you hear a, fl- a flapping of wings. There's 
a bunch of, of horse beats, and you see very metal-clad people on horseback. So, make way for the Earl's Guard! No. Uh, definitely people on foot are, are stepping aside and stuff. Uh, one of the people on horseback approaches to where the, the guards with the spears are and comes to a halt. You hear a, a woman's voice ask, where would you like Owick's group staged? And the guards with spears are like, oh, you're supposed to be coming in from the north side of the field there. Or they'll, they'll, they'll tell you the order and everything like that. And she just, like, wheels her horse around. The, like, front hooves go up, and there's, like, a neigh. And, she, like, and she's covered in metal? And she's, <laughs> she's riding a horse? She's in armor. How she's, big is this horse? The horse is taller than you. And a very, well, ah, horses yes. usually are pretty big. But okay. is this horse bigger? Like, stronger? Elvish scouts ride ponies, it says. Really? Okay. In the West North materials. I did not know that. Yes. So these, this horse is definitely bigger than... It wasn't butter. Oh, um, I made butter up a horse slip, name and I forgot. Button what, lip. Was it Butterbean? You know what? Let's talk about the other horse in your household. Petunia. This horse definitely larger than Petunia. Well, yeah, because I don't put on a bunch of metal. Yeah. So the rider here, she is in some form of plate. Is that something we've really experienced? Elves typically are wearing leather. Right. So it was just a woman riding up on a huge horse wearing just like covered in metal. Yeah, like you can recognize this is a form of armor. It's right, right, just right. way, way heavier and louder and brighter and shinier. And you would not be sneaking around in a forest in this, that's for sure. So this, this could just be tournament thing. Like this might be just what they wear to be showy or whatever. It was mentioned was... that there was a joust. But does she like her arms lift up and stuff or she's just like... She's got the reins and stuff. Horse lord. She wheels around. Yeah, I'm sure Hepa's not going to be weirdly staring at because trying to puzzle out the physics of the strength she must have, how big she must be under there, and much muscles and the muscles on the horse to carry. Uh, Trick, you say horse lord as you point out this rider to yeah. Hepa. Before the woman wheels, like she, she wheels and she's like starting to negotiate her horse away, but you say like horse lord. And she like stops her horse a little. And um, she, like, flips up her visor. Am I get a tongue lashing here? <laughs> oh, she's just, like, covered head to toe. Oh, my goodness. No, she's got, she's got, like, a visor that she flips up. So you only so, see, like, okay. you see, like, her face, but not, like, her hair or anything like that. She actually looks pretty young, in your opinion. And she's got, like, brown skin like yours. Uh, and she says, not yet, but I'm working on it. And then she, like, kicks in her spurs and, like, charges off. She's got some ambition. I think Hepa's still trying to mentally calculate how heavy all of us must be. I mean, the horse had far more... The saddle is different from an elvish saddle. Like, there's stirrups. Right. And, but though I'm sure the horse had more muscle. But then you can't really tell with her because she's underneath metal. So, yeah, I think Hepa's just thinking about how much muscle she must have to be able to carry that if the, if the metal's heavy. She's never carried that much metal, you know. I mean, it's like you're going to build something different out of a pine tree versus an oak tree. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Oak is really, really, really strong. Pine and isn't. Heavier. Yes, but it's stronger than it is heavier. But how much weight do you think she's carrying versus how much weight is the horse carrying? How heavy is a horse? I have no idea. How heavy is a helmet that's made out of metal? Pretty heavy. Do you want to make a mechanics check? <gasps> yes! Apple wants to know things that aren't really going to be that useful, probably. It's two purples. It's more like a horse dame. What comes before Lord? Like Lord and Lady versus Sir and Dame. 
Oh, one success. Just a horse knight? So, so you estimate that she doesn't necessarily have to be terribly much stronger than you are. If it's distributed and there's like an internal harness, it's not like she's carrying a block of metal, right? It's about how, you know, like your backpacks, how well are they? And I don't know what's going on inside. You also don't know how much she actually would walk around in that armor versus she just wears it when she's mounted. Maybe she personally would not be fighting on foot in that kind of armor. Right. Jeffa doesn't know if this, this might just be what you trot out for tournaments. But do I know about the joust? You like, do, do we know that concept of joust? You know that there is going to be a joust. Okay. I really want to watch this joust. I'm sure you can. They're going to be jousting all day, I bet. Are you guys looking to get seats in the bleachers or are you going to stand the uh... common folk? Like, we, we walk everywhere, standing for a while is not a problem. Yeah. And you're taller than most of the humans anyway, so you'll just see over the crowds. All right, then in a little while, there's a, a different set of trumpet fanfares. You actually see coming out onto the field some really long trumpet things that have little red triangles hanging down from them. And they start playing a, a more elaborate fanfare, and they like march across the field. Following them on horseback, leading a group on foot. So there's a bunch of people with halberdy spear type things on foot, and they are they are being led into the opening parade ground by a woman on horseback. It's a white horse with red harness and type stuff like that. This horse is not as covered in material as the previous tack is the more appropriate word, not barding. And um, the woman on it. She's got quite dark skin, and her hair is is black and, like, very wavy and curly. She has it kind of held back by a a sort of a headband, and she is wearing more, like, male. She has attached to the side of her horse, there is a place for her bow and her quiver, and Mm. she has a mace that's on her own waist. She... Brings her horse in, the troops follow behind, <laughs> and then she like circles her horse around and she like issues a variety of like shouted orders. Present for inspection. Yeah. There's a number of like spear up, spear across. Except none of the words are going to be pronounced in any kind of decipherable way. It'd be spear up, present, arms. It's pitched to be shouted, and essentially like she paces on horseback up and down around the ranks as they go through, like, all these maneuvers. What are they doing? What do you think they're doing? I'm going to put Heaven's voice in it. I think it's a show, right? It's a show of strength. Okay. I mean, it looks good. Shows are coordinated. They know what they're doing. Uh, They have their own secret language they can use to talk to each other. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we don't have anything like this in Elvish. We don't have military parades, that's true. Okay, but your sister had a graduation ceremony, right? Which think, neither of us went to. You think this is a ceremony? Or I think a this show? is 100% of this. It's the same thing. What's the difference? I think the ceremony is for a purpose of the ceremony. So it was to celebrate her whatever. I'm pretty sure a ceremony and the show are the same thing. Well, at the end, she's imbued with the end of the ceremony. Does she gain new capabilities between the start and the end of the ceremony? Is there a new right. spell she, she learns? Be- well, yes, she became a sorceress. Right. She but the- did she learn a new spell during the ceremony? She got the title. But that was to imbue the title. Is, do you think something's going to happen there? You think this is a ceremony? 
I think a ceremony and a show are the same thing. I think a ceremony is a kind of show. I see your differentiation. Do you think this is going to be a ceremonial show? I don't know if anyone's getting a new title. No, someone will, because someone's going to be like crowned like winner of the joust, right? And maybe winner of the duels. Okay, let me know if you notice anything. Ceremonial? Speaking yeah. of noticing things, you guys look up from each other and you realize that there's a bunch of nobility now, like, in a booth at the top end of the field. You have no idea how or when they got there. Because, <laughs> again, we're just talking and missing stuff. Perception, the, vigilance, the, not. The, you, you want to roll for it? No. Your price of excessive banter is that no. things have happened as you have... Continued. Banter well spent. <laughs> so did it seem like the ceremony was to bring the nobility in? You have no idea. The troops are no longer there. Oh, they're done? Okay. They're now all arrayed at the foot of the booth that the important people are sitting in. They're quieter than I would have expected. Or you're noisier. Did you want to make a knowledge geography check? Uh, sure. Was this all an elaborate pomp and circumstance to bring out the nobility? Average is fine. That is just one advantage. You don't know. You have a feeling that probably the nobility was announced and you just weren't paying attention. Not like they were snuck out onto the field. So, at this point, the town guard is now arrayed below where Earl Gwedry is. The woman on the white horse, she is now up in the booth with Gwedry. Although Gwedry is, like, seated in an elaborate chair and she is standing at attention at his shoulder. Gwedry is not the only one up there. There's a, a woman sitting at his side. Gwedry himself looks to be probably in his 50s or 60s. The woman seated next to him is maybe a little bit younger than he is. Then there is another set of trumpet blasts from the side of the field opposite where Gwydri is. And you turn that way. Uh, The visiting team. You see the horses in Varding with the people on the backs in heavy armor. Their lances are erect and they are flying blue triangles. Wait, what color was the other one? Red? The town you're in has had red triangles everywhere. Okay. Banners. Pennants. So, the new arrivals, somebody with an excellent set of lungs, you recognize the voice as the younger woman from before. The woman on the white horse or the dark-skinned woman? When you first arrived at the fairgrounds, there was a tan-skinned young woman in plate on a very muscular horse. So, wait, I on didn't the white specify horse, the horse color. of indeterminate color because it's so covered in barding and armor. So maybe I should say that the new arrivals horse, which you saw earlier, we'll say it's a black horse. The new arrivals have shown up, and you recognize that you encountered one earlier, and in an extremely loud voice meant to carry across the whole field, she requests permission of Gwedry for Sir Owick to bring his troops in. And then Gwedry stands and in a very ceremonial fashion raises his arm and says, like, you are welcome through the city gates. I'll point out that you guys are like, the city gates are nowhere nearby. This is very much a ceremony. You're right, it was a ceremony. And... There's this, like, back and forth of, yes, you have permission to enter the city gates. We accept your permission to enter the city gates. You are welcome to enter the city gates. And then this set of horses marches across the field, and they get to the base of where Gwedry is up in his C-130. 
seated area, the leader of this set of horses tilts his visor up and calls up, Gwedri, my old friend, good to see you again. And Gwedri shouts down like, you're welcome, Oek, anytime. So like, there's but they're this, still shouting. <laughs> it's like because they're they're separated yeah. by some elevation, but there's this like little friendly exchange. I mean, they've established it's not war, so I mean that was a good. I and mean that, that's a plus. The the war is not starting right now. Civil war is later. I could see why you'd want to be really clear if you're writing in full plate that you've got permission. The heralds sound the trumpets again. The horse lord contingent marches off around the side, and then. A herald announces that the field will now be reset for the archery competition. Will all contestants for the archery competition please report to the blue station in the southeast corner of the field? Each corner of the field has like an awning set up of a particular color. Trick takes several steps in the wrong direction and then realizes southeast. You hear that way. You hear a bird's voice. Blue station. Yeah, try not to get shot, pal. Trust me, it's not a good time. <laughs> I've been shot. Well, that's my call. I don't know if you want to watch archery or... Yes. I don't know if your melee might happen at the same time. I'm curious what resetting involves. Probably moving things around. Some people are now starting to come out in the field with, like, bales of hay with targets attached to them. All right, an archery contest. What's, what's the competition look like here? There's two lanes set up. Oh, sorry, when you meant the competition, did you mean the people? Yes. Your opponents? Yeah. Okay. As you approach the station, people are being sorted by if they are crossbowers versus if they use bows. Right. The losers and winners. And within that, everybody is required to present their weapon. Yep. So that you can be further sorted. Oh, by like heavy longbow versus shortbow versus... Right. Okay. And I will say, just for purposes of time and organization, that actually people are called to the various stations. Like, so duelists are called to the dueling station at this point as well to like register what their weapon is so that they can begin to like match op- opponents and what their skill level is. So Hepa will be taking care of that. All right. Good luck. Thank you. Knock them, not dead, but you know, down. So if you do recognize Guafalon. Ah, uh, that's right. She was going to do the crossbow competition, as I recall. Yep, she's registering as a hand crossbow. So, like, handheld, singular? Yes. What type of bow do you have? It's called just generic bow. Okay. So not long bow, not right. short bow. Okay. All-purpose. Standard size bow. So long yes. bows are a different category than you. Yes, and it's not like... Trick doesn't have, like, the, the marksman bow. That's not the fancy Elvish archers use. Those are probably long bows of some sort. They would probably be classified as long bows. I'm sure the Elvish marksmen would dispute that claim that they're totally different principles compared to inferior human long bows. So the bows that you see around you, your competitors here are all human, but their bows are not so distinctly different from yours. These are made from a single piece of wood, and they are, you know, bent and strung. You see, like, a mix. You know, there's some kids... Here, like 13, 14 year olds. Um, but there's also like some older people who look like, you know, super comfortable, you know, lumbering up, rolling the shoulders, cracking their necks, shaking out the arms. They look like they've perhaps been to a competition or two. Okay, okay. And as you guys are like lined up 
and marched out onto the field. And the targets are set up at a certain distance for starting. At this point, the woman that you saw on the white horse, the dark-skinned woman with the black hair, yes, with the mace, <laughs> she is not on her horse right now. Okay. Uh, she is, or she has a bow too. She is in chain. She has her quiver on her back now, hmm. and she has her bow in hand. She's not getting into one of these lines. Oh, she's looking for a potential recruits. She's striding up and through. You may make a perception check if you wish. Sure, I think that's As I that's will fair. allow dice to enter dice this to enter game the again. Game. Well, how difficult would you like this to be? I think two is fine. I have one advantage. Okay. All you note is that you have never seen a bow like this before. Oh, the one she has. The one in her hand. So that one does look different. It looks different. But you're you're not sure like what it's made of, even. It's not made of wood? Some of it looks like wood, but some of it has mm-hmm. like a different... Sheen, refraction, whatever. You don't know what it's made okay. of. Or if it's made of wood, it's some kind of wood I'm not familiar with. Right. Or maybe it's just super crazy polished. That's fancy. But as she strides past, that's what you, you note of it. If there's a competitor next to me, I'll ask them. I'm like, hey, have you seen her bow before? The person next to you is like, yeah, she always has it. Sorry, I'm not from South Tower. <laughs> and, and the guy's like, oh, well, just wait a minute. She's going to be taking the first shot. We'll oh. see. She in the competition? No, no, but she always does the, oh. the ranging shot. Oh, that's good. That's clever. So she strides past all everybody there into the lane, and they announce, Round one, short distance. Oh, boy. Here we go. She draws, fires, hits the center. Bullseye. And the guy next to you says, you should see her do that from horseback. Elvish scouts do do that. Yes, elvish scouts do. There's a good chance Trick has seen someone do things like that before. He's like, so that's actually less impressive to him, I suppose. Well, yeah, on a nice flat plane, I could see that working. It's, that's a moving target. Yeah. <laughs> that's hunting, isn't it? Like, yeah, I've seen Baywin do that 100 paces. With a bunch of trees in the way, too. Not on one of these pansy fields that you have. Yeah, in a nice open field. Anybody can shoot anything. All right, so you're up next. <laughs> Whoop. So clearly, archery talent is in my blood. Both from being an elf and being for me in a man, clearly. Okay, uh, you'd like me to roll? How do you wish to approach your first round in the archery contest? Uh, Trick will he'll just take it slow and aim very carefully. You'd like me to have like a, a skill to associate with my tactic in some sense? Yes, so you are allowed to choose a skill to frame your approach. Like, this is this first competition, so he's just going to take some deep breaths... Stay cool. Not let anyone know that, like, I've never actually... Well, you were just like, eh, I've seen this done before in much harder conditions. Yeah. So, yeah. So you can use cool. How hard would you like to set that? Just average, or is this, like, this is my first competition, so... We'll make this an average check. Okay. One success. So, the way we're going to treat this is you can have an upgrade on your archery check. And this is the first round of the archery competition. We are starting at one purple. All right. Let's see how this goes. And I know your bow is limited to only medium range, but we will increment the purple dice yep. to reflect yep. getting harder Completely and Completely understandable. Let's pull back. <sighs> no. <laughs> People are like, come on, pal, pick up the face. <laughs> There, to be fair, there's like a number of the targets, and people are shooting each of them. Yeah. One success, one advantage. All right. 
Hepa, your your cousin has just managed to shoot the target. Excellent. Alright, you move on to the next round. Ah, but first, round one of the hand crossbow. Lex, could you please roll for Guafalin? Yes. So, Guafalin is going to, as as her tactics type approach, um, she is going to actually use charm. She is going to try to get the backing of the crowd behind her. Playing the crowd. Yes. So she, like, bows to, like, the crowd on one side, flourishingly bows to the crowd on the other side. The, like, quiver the, like, the referee is like, all right, pick up the face. <laughs> <laughs> so she's going to make her a charm check first, so two purples, and she's going to be rolling a yellow and two greens. Failure with a triumph and one advantage. Well, she's not getting an upgrade on her roll because she did not succeed the tactics. But she has a triumph. I mean, something good for her, like, however her role goes. Some noble person is like, oh, that's a good... Oh, yeah. Getting a patron is more important than getting victory for her. Yes. I mean, it could be that they're just like, oh, she's a good shaman. I think she'd be great in my whatever. Okay, so she's going to be making her roll against one purple. Her crossbow skill is a yellow and three greens. Higher than elven agility. Five successes and an advantage. So she is passing into the second round, plus she has caught a patron's eye. Nice. In the next round, you can make a check if you would like to observe things about your opponents. Oh, I would like to do that, yes. I think that's perception. Yeah. You want this to be average? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I have two advantages. So you don't gain any insight into... Into them in terms of, uh, it sounds kind of nefarious, how you might undermine them. But like what they're particularly good at, what their form is. Um, but, but the winds are shifting. I think, you know, maybe it's still hard for you to, you you know that this is the captain of the guard that's here. And, yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, she's scoping out people's archery abilities. And, you know, so maybe that's a little drawing more of your attention than... But like a lot of these people, she's probably already familiar with. And like probably some of these people are retired guards themselves. So, so if she's you... scoping out the new people. Maybe these 13, 14-year-olds, if they can prove themselves, regardless of if they win or not, they might get to, get to go to the academy or something fun. Trick invents a story in his head. Would you like to replace that story with some actual information? With facts? I don't know. That sounds... <laughs> sure. I'm just saying, you're observing her as well. Okay. So what you observe about her... I will tell you translates to knowing her desire. Ah. Which is ambition. So what you are observing about her is that she likes her position of authority. Okay. So she is very comfortable in it. And yes, those 13-year-olds and 14-year-olds around you, they're like nervous because they, they want to like perform well like for her because like, oh, this is a chance to, you know... Maybe not have to work my my mom's shop anymore. Maybe I can become a bowman. Being a bowman, that's way better than, like, carrying a spear and getting stabbed. Yeah, so in your interactions, in your your listening to people around you, that is what you discern about her. Round two. Medium range. Medium range. Trick, how are you going to approach this round? Winds are shifting a little bit. I'm trying to think, how can I deploy mate in this situation? Mate flies the arrow... 
No, <laughs> I was thinking later of having him to try to like intercept the arrow. So like, well, I couldn't, could not kill a bird, a bat perhaps. If you want Nate's assistance, you can get a blue die from me. No, I think but, I'll save him for the next round. Okay, because you're only gonna be able to do that one time. Yeah, because I think I'm gonna miss next round. So you are also allowed to use story points. Yeah, I know. Impress your okay. mom. Okay, I'll know. I'll use perception. I'll try to like get a real good feel for like which way is the wind blowing here. How do I need to adjust and you... based on that? Okay. So I'll take some time to look at that, think about that. If you think this is survival instead. I... Survival is what I was thinking. Okay. Because it's like a weather I hear you. Thing. Average is good? Yeah. Success with one advantage. All right, so you'll be upgrading your roll. Turn one advantage into a blue die or no? Yeah. Many successes and two threats. What is a good reason to have threats? Perhaps you should take strength. Yeah, I think that's fair. You're performing in front of your mom. The first time. And an enormous crowd, larger than the crowd you performed in front of yesterday. Yeah, and I'm a better storyteller than I am Archer. Not by much, but... But you have made it to the next round. I've made it to the next round. All right, Guaflin's next round. There is a patron watching her. Ooh, someone scratching their chin. Mm. So what, she's... Well, I don't know what her skills are. I think she will go with perception this time, as she will be very carefully aiming. All right, perception. She has three greens. This is the tactic she's trying, but the difficulty is two purples. Does she want to upgrade? No. One success. Okay. She has a success, which lets her upgrade her ranged attack. So she's rolling two yellows and two greens versus two purples for the second round. One success, one threat. Pressure is mounting, but she makes it to the next round. Round three. They move the bales back yet again. This is further than you would normally feel comfortable shooting your weapon. Trick's actually going to look around. There were some of like the younger competitors. Maybe Trick had overheard that, like, oh, they want to get out of the parent's shop, or probably more likely get out of working in the fields. There's a mix, yeah. Someone who's definitely in that kind of position. It looks like they just barely got past the last round. Okay. Trick would like to spend his tactic to talk with that person. Or if you want to say that's spending the tactic or not. So your goal is to boost their self-confidence? Boost their self-confidence, because, you know, Trick didn't want to be a water dowser. Ah. Uh, That's a, so helping a somebody, bond. Helping somebody to get out of their inherited career. And their fight. dreadfully dull career. Okay. Uh, yes, maybe there's a, a young lady who would have had to, like, I don't know, her parents, like, wash clothes or something. Oh, it's okay. A, a relatively low-class thing that has to get done. Hard on the hands, like, so her hands are probably already a little... All, all red and from the, the caustic. Yeah. From the lie. <laughs> yeah, the lie of the lie. Who knows? I will talk to her. I was like, hey, you've been doing some nice shooting. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, but my parents aren't here to see it. Well, they're working pretty hard. I mean... You would not believe how much my dad talks about soap. Please don't. <laughs> please don't tell me about soap. Some things cross cultures. You don't want to know how many different types of dowsing rods there are. Probably I don't need soap. Yeah. I don't need to find water. We got vats of it everywhere. Water or water adjacent liquids. Anyway, your bow looks pretty good. Your form looks good. I think what might be holding you back is your arrows, actually. They're Hold just on. basic Was this... ones. Did you scavenge this from from a field? Well, I, you know, I I go out after the bowmen practice sometimes and see what I can pick up. No, that's good. That's a good place to get started. 
but I think for competition, this might help. An elvish arrow? Not just any elvish arrow. A lucky elvish arrow. Ooh. This arrow. This are you going to dumbo her a little bit? No, I'm keeping the feather. What are you hoping to accomplish with your verse? To boost her confidence such that she's willing to. She's just not confident enough. But she's good enough. She's smart enough. And gosh darn it. My mom's going to like her. So are you intending to change her emotional state or are you intending to augment her skill? I'm intending to augment her skill. Okay. Changing her emotional state, I hopefully, is a good side effect. Augmenting somebody's skill is a two purple thing. Yeah. And it is a lucky, I tell her, this arrow has killed a ghost twice. You killed two ghosts? The same ghost, twice. Kill a ghost disappears, but if it's not done, it comes back. So you gotta make sure it's done. You have to kill ghosts twice. If they don't finish their mission. It's really complicated. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Just stay away from necromancy, kids. <laughs> stay away from the undead. Can you imagine? A pet ghost. Can't get rid of it. Yeah, that'd be animal companion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's try this. I'll spend on this, you know. Necromancy. <laughs> Shut it! There's one advantage. Alright, you have just cast a spell. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, mom's gonna be pissed. She probably hates magic. That's what it was. She and dad didn't go along because of that dowsing rod. Well, that's fair. You suffer two strain. Two strain. But you had lost other strain, so if you want to heal strain with this, you can. Uh, no. I'll take a blue die. I feel good about it. Yeah, you gave a pep talk to somebody and it makes you feel better. Yes. The point of pep talks. The point of pep talks. It's all about me. Alright, so three purples. And then if I miss, I have a good excuse. Like, well, I didn't have my lucky arrow. Did you want help from your magpie also boosting your confidence here? Yeah, that's probably better. I don't, yeah, he's, so he comes and sits on my shoulder briefly. Yeah. You admonish him not to speak about necromancy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and he lands on your shoulder. Ghost! I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I totally shot that ghost twice. Like, I, I could do it, yeah. So okay. he boosts your confidence. Probably right. looks pretty cool, too. And if I fail with a triumph, then, uh, He's going to steal the arrow mid-flight. Okay. Unfortunately, you have succeeded. Yeah, unfortunately, I just straight up succeed. Three successes and an advantage. I'll get some strain back with that one. Your cousin lands another impressive shot, Heppa. I wonder how, how does his mother look? That's actually a good question. She's eyeing the competitor. She probably tries not to display any outward favoritism, though, towards anyone who may or may not be succeeding. You do not know her well enough to make that uh, observation. She watching him? She's watching the archery competition. She is watching everybody who's... She watched the underhanded arrow switch? Secretly sabotaging everyone. She, like, you know, she nods as people do well with their shots, shakes her head disappointedly as people do right. poorly does, with their shots. How does that kid do, though? Uh, they have failure with an advantage. They have failure with an advantage. They, they have a short bow. They can't expect to shoot that she, far. She doesn't make it to the next round, but you have instilled confidence and ideas in her and i tell her to keep the arrow okay all right guaflin this round she's going to try to undermine the confidence of her opponents so this is going to be coercion as she is it sort of like stand back out of the way everyone wouldn't want this in your chest this is a little more threatening than i was intending (laughs) she's undermining their confidence not threatening to kill them She's been making, like, cutting remarks, like, as other people have been going up to shoot. And so she is, she's going to roll. Her coercion is not super high. She's rolling two greens. The difficulty okay. is two purples. A success and a threat. 
she, she receives some cutting she comments. She receives back. some cutting comments. She gets to upgrade her skill for her roll, but she will have a black die attached to it. So she's rolling two yellows, two greens against three purples. Fancy talk from someone who failed in the last round last year. Or failed. Didn't even make it to this round last year. They really have good memories, these guys. She yeah, she's a memorable the, character. The hand crossbow club is pretty smart. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> and really clicky. <laughs> and it, it, they're all like fencers looking for patrons. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of X's. Yeah, so she failed with two threats. <sighs> Roger bests me again. Fellow <laughs> twirling his mustache. <laughs> she narrows her eyes at him, heads off to where the, the losers of each round are directed. But as she does so, uh, a finely dressed aristocratic lady comes down and uh, says, You there. You with the hair. The dashing little capelet. And so she uh, yeah, she manages to get a patron out of this, even though she didn't make it all the way through the rounds. She liked her style. Quite a panache about you. All right, round four. Well, there's four rounds. All right, who's left at this point in the competition here? There's... There's, I, like, there's, I assume there's some master bowman. Yeah, who is so casual about this. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, I, yeah, I can do this. So there's somebody like that. And then there's also somebody who, who I would say is like closer to, to middle age and has a, a sort of gruff demeanor to him. He uh, wears a little brown cap and is kind of scruffy looking. Perhaps this guy is a poacher, maybe. Oh, you know, okay, okay. Might not be entirely above board, but he knows how to shoot. He knows how to shoot. Okay, okay. He's a trapper. Yes, sorry, he's a trapper. He's got a, he's got a handkerchief over his face. <laughs> no, it's just tied around his neck. <laughs> you know, you give it away too much if you if you shoot with the bandana up over your mouth. <laughs> All right, I think it's time for a trick shot. Uh, so it's gonna be you know backwards, trying to psych with the. Uh, who has a mirror? Who would have a, someone fancy might have a mirror? Well, there's a lot of plate mail around. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of plate mail around. I'll just try to sight it off of one of these. Uh, I'll wave to the nearest person in extreme plate mail okay. on a horse. It's like, excuse me, could you just park right right there? That'd be perfect. She humors your request and moves her black horse into a position to be properly reflected. Thank you so much. Just stand you could stand very still. They're like these archers, they always like move here, move there. Move there, move there. What skill do you think this is? I have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> I'm boosting my ability. By making by making it ridiculous. ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> okay. So if that's like a coordination check to line this up, or if it's like skullduggery, or if it's just perception. The ridiculous is an important piece of it? The ridiculous is an important You're... piece. Is that not Look, a Trick's not going to make this shot, so he wants it to look funny. So it's about showmanship. It's about showing, yeah. Okay. Then it should be a presence-based skill. So you want it to be charm, then? I think so. Okay. If it was about, like being sneaky and crafty and stuff like that, then it would make sense for it to be. But right, I debated, but yeah, I don't want to actually cheat in the competition. So do you feel like this is hard at this point, then? I think the nature of what you're asking to do, yes. I think you have made it hard for yourself. Yeah, that sounds like true. Well, that's failure with three advantages, though. So you're not helping yourself with your shot? You're not getting the upgrade? No, definitely not. You can get a blue die, because you had advantages there. Okay. And you have also impressed people with your like boldness i mean it's probably not the archers who are typically the ones who are like brash archery probably has a reputation for being somewhat calm careful uh so trick is probably unusual in that regard so I mean, pe- people will remember you that's better 
I mean, you might who remembers a... last year's winner? Anyone? You might get a patron out of this. I don't need a patron. <laughs> You're like, I want a matron. I already have a patron. <laughs> I have a dad and an uncle. <laughs> I have upgraded. Yep. I think I would also. Just to increase chances of absurdity. Alright, so I have failure with one advantage. You do not win. No, the shot goes wide, and I hit the target on the next lane over. And who do you disrupt? Because Ooh. of the curve of the plate mail. Something I didn't think about. I've been looking <laughs> at the wrong target this whole time. <laughs> Should have picked a man. You're staring at this woman's chest. <laughs> oh, yeah, she probably thought it was a... Uh... Oh, you picked the plate female. Uh, yes, that is what I get. There was a trapper, and there was an old hand. Uh, it's probably better if I just up the old hand. Ooh, but it's a trapper. I mean, Trick doesn't really get to decide. So, evens are the trapper. Gets disrupted. Okay. The trapper gets disrupted, so I'm going to get shot tonight. The old hand wins the game. The trapper grumbles. He, like, turns, and he, like, starts, like, He, he shot out a plane! I, I, I should get another... This is not I should get another shot! So he starts arguing with the game warden, unhappy. Normally, having lost a round, you would go out the exit line to where they go, but you're detained. Very sorry. So you are going to have to smooth over that you disrupted the competition. Yes, I'm very sorry that I may have mixed up his shot. He... You weren't even looking at the targets! What did you think was going to happen? Oh, I thought by taking a blind shot I could win right away without having advancing to another further yet. My bow simply can't shoot further than that, so I thought I have to win right now. Uh, I understand now that's target? not the rules. Also, you had plenty of time to shoot. I don't know why you were waiting for me. I took plenty of time, more than enough. I tried to wait for everyone else. I moved a to person go first. on a horse. <laughs> what skill are you suggesting here? Because you started being like kind of nice, but now you're blaming him, sort of. Sounds like a negotiation. Then. Oh yeah, okay. That uh, looked like I was following the rules as best I could. This isn't, you have to adapt to local conditions. This can yeah. happen. You could have picked a different lane. Okay. What is my negotiation up against in this situation? I think it's really the game warden that you have to convince that you are not to blame here. Unless, game warden's not known for being... Unless you want to convince this guy so that he drops his keys. I think I'm trying to really convince this guy. I don't think the game warden cares okay. particularly. Game wardens are impartial, but known to be possessed of unnatural capabilities. That's like, the game warden probably knows this poacher. Yeah, I was gonna oh. say, and like, would like would really like to find something, but hasn't been able to pin anything on him yet. Okay, so you want to defuse the situation with the poacher himself. Yes. The poacher himself does have some negotiate because he's used to fencing things. Right, but he probably doesn't have a lot of presence. So he is just a red and purple. Okay. Failure with just an advantage. The poacher is not happy with you. Good sir. <laughs> still. Still not happy with you. Still not happy. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Were you hoping to win for, like, the prize pouch? Because you don't strike me as the kind of person who, like, likes to be well-known. <laughs> like, I think now we're, like, we're in a private conversation. The mm -hmm. game warden is not there. Like, yeah. I think I saw the way the game warden was looking at you. You probably got some history. Are you offering to pay this guy off, or are you trying to streetwise something here? Like, trying to street, are you, like, like, trying to threaten him? No, I'm not trying to start now. I'm thinking, I want to find a way to try to pay him an information. Okay. You think you have information that he would want? Ah, uh, well, like there's Marvin and Connie are terrible shots. That's outside the forest and could be reasonable hunting ground. 
where he's less likely to get found by local authorities because it's on the other side of the forest. Oh, yeah, I mean, we've been traveling. We have a map. Ish. So you're proposing to provide him with advice for places to hunt where he won't be caught? Where he won't be bothered and, by local authorities. And where he also won't get in trouble with your yes, authorities? Yes, because it's outside the forest. So I think, yeah, trick will, I think that's a streetwise kind of approach. Ah, uh, yes, a forest-wise approach. Yes. Yes. It's sure. like, look, I didn't mean to mess up your shot, but I can tell the local authorities are breathing down your neck. I know some people on the other side of the forest, other side go around the forest, who, uh, you know, they're in kind of a similar situation. They don't have a poacher, though. They've been just bringing in supplies. So they could use someone like you, reasonably good hunting ground around there. By the end of this campaign, Connie and Marvin will have, like, an economic empire. <laughs> Every shady person you have met, you have Just passed him. on to him. You should send him to the swamp. You caught a boar with a door. <laughs> boar with a door. <laughs> okay. You are going to be rolling against Upper Blown Road again. Okay. But you are making a streetwise check now. And I had an advantage. You had an advantage. You can have a blue die on this. But this is your second attempt at him, and yeah. if this fails... There's no There's more gonna approaches. be a knife in my back tonight. I have three successes with a triumph. Look, why don't I also get this warden off your back? Okay. I have a triumph. I impart to them like the importance of like you need to go around the forest. You're not to hunt in the forest. Would you like some information given to you for that triumph? Yeah. You emphasize the need to go around the forest, and he says, "Oh, well, I'll just go through the tunnels to get there. Then that probably comes up right around there." You know, I knew there was tunnels between Undunbane and here. I didn't know they popped out on the other side as well, but that makes sense. Because that's in the hills. Oh, these go past Undunbane. They go past Undunbane? How far do these tunnels go? Well, they start, and he, he describes a location outside South Tower proper. Yeah. Of where the tunnels start. Oh. And then he says, you know, and then they continue on through. They pass, like, that dwarven... Fortress and Dunvin, and they, they come out into the hills. It sounds like the place you're describing is pretty close to there. That way I won't need to go through the forest at all. Yes, that would probably be best. But you're welcome to come to the border and visit. I don't think we'll be offering any hunting, but for basic trade. Marvin and Connie, good guys out there. They make terrible whiskey or whatever it is they're brewing. It was called Mountain Tay by... Right, that, I mean, sorry, if you had Mountain Tay... Oh yeah, the parting glass serves that. Yeah, that stuff is terrible, but that's where they make it. Okay, it sounded like this guy was describing all oh, these tunnels go even further. Like, he's ventured. No, he like, wasn't. To the, that... what is it, the Bitter Swamp? No, he was not describing them going okay. further. Because he is a, if he is a trapper, he's comfortable in that kind of environment. It's more of the point that he is telling you where the entrance to the tunnels on this yes, side is. Yes, yes, I gather that. Yes, so I'll tell him about that, and I'll tell him there is a foul fen in that region, too. But it's currently being contested by Saurians and undead, so... I don't recommend hanging out there, uh, but Sorian, she's, you know, she's a fair trader, so you, okay. you see her. So you give him rough descriptions on how to get from the exit of the tunnels to Connie and Marvin's campsite. Yep. Hepalonia of House Thrandalo. Spent an hour writing my name down. <laughs> and you Matched up against? Chosen to present yourself as a sword fighter. Yeah, I present my sword, because that's what we're supposed to do, right? Yep. <laughs> You are being paired up against another sword fighter of equal unskilledness. How do they know our skill of? They ask you guys. So okay. It is true. Somebody could be like, I've never used a sword in my life. But 
they also like run people through some quick set of drills. That's what I was wondering. You know, they're like, you're like, I fight with a sword. And they're like, draw your sword. Mm-hmm. And if you're like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Then they're like, all right, you're in the beginner pool. Well, I don't say I fight with a sword. I own a sword. I carry a sword around with me and sometimes wave it. I took a semester-ish of... I went to a talk on swords once. I fell asleep. No, I feel like I had to do something with it. You you probably learned how to hold it. Mm -hmm. You had a whole season. I have enough to get defense. That's true. So you were being paired up. Your first opponent, your vast knowledge of humanity so far, places this girl as probably being 13 or 14. Okay. That's right. You got to beat up a kid. I mean, practically an adult by human standards. That is true. I'm still figuring it out. (laughs) So what sort of strategy or tactics will you be using in your first bout here? Interesting. This is a sort of approach. Like, for example, if you wanted to, like, concentrate on feints, that would be using deception. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to... Focus on, like, physically knocking them off balance. That'd be athletics. If you wanted to try to, like, position them poorly, it could be coordination. Kick some sand up at them. You can taunt them. If you want to, like, try to figure out their physical weaknesses to go after, that would be medicine. Yeah, I was thinking I might save that if I make it any further. I think if I can use intelligence, that's going to go better for me. If you had extreme knowledge of their specific fighting style, their knowledge, geography... Or, like, adventuring? Is that a thing Oh, for this? I see you're using the crow style. <laughs> yeah, sure. Knowledge adventuring will cover, like, fighting style. Sure. Yeah, let's try knowledge adventuring for the first one, because that would be... All she could draw on is what she knows about. What, what is this person's style? What school did they learn from? What do you do in a tournament? <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Oh, don't stab him through? My bad. Yeah, yeah. Bad. All right, average difficulty, two purples. I mean, or you can entangle on the vines. Yeah, I'm thinking magic is not such a good... She's not so oblivious, but I think we've gotten a little bit of mixed messages about magic around here. Two successes. So you will have an upgrade, and this is the first round of combat. So even though in the game, melee fighting is always two purples, in our tournament here, we're going to do increasing difficulties just like we did with the archery. So this first competition is going to be one purple difficulty, whatever your melee skill is, but you have an upgrade because you succeeded your previous check for your tactics. So we'll try that. I remembered enough about what you're supposed to do. Maybe I should have practiced yesterday. I guess I didn't need to. So two successes. Okay. I went against a 13-year-old. Yeah, so tricky. (laughs) You finished your archery competition, and then the field was cleared of the hay bales and stuff like that, and it was announced that the dueling would happen. After you finished your competition, do you wish to hang out more with the trapper, or did you, like, finish your deal with him and go separate ways? I think I finished my deal with him, and I imagine he wants to make himself scarce. To avoid the game warden. <laughs> avoid the game warden. I, I tell him, like, you know what, actually, I'll go chat with the game warden. You need to get out of here. Okay. And he's got a destination to go to now. Yeah, so I think Trigg will, like, just tra- chat with the game warden, who I imagine is a very, like, serious, dour person. Doesn't put up with any nonsense. All right, and how long will you attempt to engage in conversation with him before he becomes boring for you? I think it's like, how long can Trick stand to tell stories to someone who shows no reaction? This is a good challenge. How can I elicit some kind of... Trick will start telling, like, a completely normal, bo- well, normal story. Uh, but then the story will involve poaching, which... 
Trick hopes to like elicit a reaction, just like a reddening of the face. Like a tick. A tick of some kind. I feel like this is still charm. But it's charm with a black dye. That's fine. As you are intentionally choosing topics he doesn't like. Um, what is his cool? Red, red, purple. He's got three presents? Or he's got three ranks in cool. He's got three ranks in cool. Well, that's true. But I'm a half-elf. Everybody loves half-elves. This is like the nemesis. This is the master game warden. This is true. He is Trick's nemesis. <laughs> well, you set it up that he was like somebody <laughs> awesome. Alright, I succeed. Uh, there is despair. So I think the game warden marks Trick as someone to keep an eye on. Yeah. He saw, he saw me talking to the poacher. Yeah. He, he begins to suspect that was actually, like, you and the poacher. He's not sure what, like, the ink I don't was. know what game you're playing. Yeah, that that Just was... Just make sure it isn't game you take out of the Earl's forest. <laughs> <laughs> also, I have two threats. So I think I get a stern warning. Yep. And that gets you back into the stands in time to watch Heppa's duel. Okay, that's perfect. And Heppa quite handily defeats... A 13-year-old. <laughs> a young teenager in her first bout. It's a very... I go through the things I learned in class. Yeah. One, it's two, very three, standard four. moves One, on both sides. Two, and you both just like walk towards each other while doing this. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. Parry, thrust. Parry, thrust. <laughs> Telegraph. And disarm. <laughs> and now round two. So you are now advancing into the second round. And you are up against an adult. Human. Bum, bum, bum. I don't know that I knew the difference unless she was taller very small. than the teenager. Oh, Stronger, faster. I'm still getting the hang of them because the Helleth was like a teenager or something. She was legally an adult. She seemed very adult-like. All right, so an adult. So I guess I need to figure out a different thing to do. Another approach is desirable. Well, the only thing that I really have any skill in. I mean, I could try charm. Put them off balance by wishing them good luck and. Yeah. So, yeah, like, charm could be interpreted as charm towards your opponent or towards the crowd. Oh, I think that would be towards the opponent. Okay. But I guess it depends on if I would get very far. Medicine is going to be my one of my better things. You know, I'll just try charm, and then I can okay. save medicine if I succeed, and if you're, not... Your disarming personality. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, I will, uh, now that I've got the nerves out a little bit from having figured out what this is about, be very cordial, polite, Apollonia, that's... No, it's a pleasure to meet you. Yes, it throws your opponent off, perhaps. Well, let's you see. Succeed. It's two purples. Yeah, I succeed with just a success. Okay, he's a little thrown by your excessive politeness. And I'm a little bit uh, kind of weird L. Yeah. Different kind of fighter. Yeah. Usually, people are trash talking at these things, not politely introducing themselves. I hope I do well. <laughs> <laughs> You've earned yourself an upgrade, but the difficulty is now two purples, and there are two story points. Um, that would be a new die for you, wouldn't it? Yeah, I guess it would. Yeah, let's do it. And he's just like, uh, uh, I'm Ulf. <laughs> She's like, this is fun. Oh, but did I make it? I did, I did. I, oh, no. Just a triumph and an advantage. So it is a failure, but it is a triumph. With an advantage. With an advantage. Battle. Yeah. Okay. So what sort of notice would you want to attract from this? Or... What type of person would it be convenient for you that Ulf turns out to be? He's defeated you, but you were extremely polite to him, and so he could be useful in some fashion. Um, maybe the House of Light. He knows a little something about that. If he maybe he was injured or whatever. Okay. So, so let's say he defeats you. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and like his final disarming of you is the flat of his blade against your arm that jars your sword out of your hand. Right. And he's like, Oh, oh, I'm sorry. And he like, you know, helps you up. You were so polite to him. And he, <laughs> he helps you up nice. and he's like, Oh, like, do you need to get that looked at? I can take you over to the house of lights. <gasps> Smooth. I'm I'm friends with Raisa. I can I can get you like seen right away, I'm sure. Oh, that Very would be sweet. wonderful. Thank you. I and I'll just even though I have my own healing magic. It's the thought, you'll, you know, you'll let him take you there. Yeah, yeah. GM Jennifer here. Once again, units from the Battle for West North video game inspired characters in this arc. I happen to think the sprite for the javelin near is adorable so I had to include that unit among the guards. One of the competitors in the archery competition is a trapper. Terwain is obviously a knight. Maeve is inspired by the Dune Windrider, a unit that was not retained in the most recent release of the Battle for Westnoth, version 1.16. You've been listening to Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game and played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system. Our GM was Jen, and our players were Lex and Daniel. For the serialized narrative write-up of this adventure, visit us at DiceyStories.com. Our character art is by Del Borovic. See her work at DelBorovic.com. Our music is sampled from Return to Westnoth by Matthias Westland, a.k.a. West, licensed under CC by SA 4.0, part of the Battle for Westnoth project. Visit them at westnoth.org. Until next time, This is Dicey Stories reminding you, the only thing that separates you from knowledge is experience.